This episode is brought to you by Factor Meals. It certainly is because eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. If you're somebody like me who cannot cook to save their little lives, it's a game changer. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in, wait for it, just two minutes. Plus, you'll have over 35 options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. You can pick from two-minute meals where you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. With pancakes, smoothies, and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And Factor Meals are ready to heat and eat. They're ready. There's no prepping. There's no cooking. There's no chopping up veggies. None of that stuff. If you're like me and you're busy, whack on a podcast, whack these in, and they're ready to go. Nothing for you to do. No cleanup either. And the great thing is it's flexible for your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need when choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime if anything changes. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. So sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeaway and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. So head to factormeals.com slash TWTW50 and use code TWTW50 to get 50% off. That's code TWTW50 at factormeals.com slash TWTW50 to get 50% off. Hello, I'm Grongy Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducian Pate. Hello. bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler, and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So, Take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the way they were. Hi, Chantal. Hi, Grania. <laughs> how are we? How, or should I say for you, how are we? Bonjour, mon petit peu. I was in Paris last week with Julia Fox. I was there with Julia That's Fox. Right. We're working on some outfits. No, I was there with my fiancé. Oh my God, my fiancé in Paris. And it was fantastic, but I was trying really hard to be healthy. And I realized if you're vegetarian, 98% of French food is cheese. So it was really hard. It's a big part of it. Yeah, it's tough. When they say how do French women stay so thin, they just don't eat lots of the French they just food. Don't basically. Eat. They just smoke. They just smoke and drink coffee. But it was fabulous. I don't know if you've heard of Paris, but <laughs> uh, uh, do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to give it uh, four out of five. I think it's good. Yeah, did you love it? I did. And then we did a walking tour and I asked what I thought was a very good question. And the tour guide said, well, that's a very good question. And it was the highlight of my day. Oh, I love when I love when an expert in a topic tells you that your inquiry oh, was a really smart inquiry. Uh, 
Can like I get- when a doctor's like, oh, that's a good, good, good question. I'm like, thank you. I, I wanted to be a doctor as a kid. So yeah, I thought I'm pretty good at questions. I love that. Can I give you two pieces of advice that okay. just are gold when it comes to going on holidays, going to museums, palaces, that sort of thing. What you I mean, want is snacks in your bag. Always. Because you'll end up eating rubbish in the cafe that's overpriced. So you want snacks in your bag. Second piece of advice. This is, oh my God, I'm excited to share this knowledge. Okay. You go up to the room guide. They're stood there. They're bored. Yeah. You go, have you ever seen a ghost in this building? Okay. It does not where I saw this advice going. <laughs> I'm telling you, you will get the best stories. All room guides in historic buildings have a ghost story. Okay. I and they're so more... excited to tell you. Right. So we're talking historic castles in mm. Notre Dame. Well, not Notre Dame, RIP. But all those kind of places. I, I thought you meant more like art galleries and things like mm. the Louvre. May, I mean, who? P.S. Can I jump in for a second? I know that um, one of my dearest friends, Camille, who is French, listens to this podcast, and I just apologize for me growing <laughs> in my dreadful French accents. Just saying, go on. <laughs> I, it's just such a joyous moment. There's always such joy in their eyes. They're like, really? Yeah, yeah they love people who work in historic houses. Love talking about ghosts. And you love ghosts because you oh. think you think a lot of things are haunted. Yeah, but yeah. I definitely think whenever my phone isn't working or my laptop, whenever my printer isn't working, haunted. Yeah, grind is convinced all modern technology is haunted. Is, mm. So is that, um, is, is that, did someone tell you that or did you just try that out once and then realize this is a fucking good trick a, and then just... A moment of goddamn inspiration. Oh, you're a clever little girl, girl. I just was like, I know this. This is like knowledge. I felt like a, a, an elder. I was like, I have wisdom to pass on to people. Thank you for that. Thank you. I've only been to um, Paris once twice once and I was uh, I was very I was in my early 20s I did like a road trip across Europe with my boyfriend and uh they hated me oh, <laughs> French no. just really hate Americans it's not just a cliche I mean with good reason but they really hated me I had a great time but I'm, I'll try again this time maybe if I ask about ghosts maybe yeah. that's the key yeah, to yeah, get them yeah, in. yeah yeah that's good to know okay and um, how how's your week been I've been I've been super. I got no big news for you. The only news I'm excited about, which we were just discussing before we started recording, but I'm going to let our listeners know if anyone um, has heard of Bad Baby, <laughs> who was the Catch Me Outside girl from Dr. Phil, one of the greatest memes of the 20th century. She just bought a $6 million house in Boca Raton, Florida. Now, for my American listeners, you know what that means, Boca Raton, Florida. It ain't Manhattan, but still... To go from cash me outside, how about that, to buying a $6 million house in Florida is quite a feat. So I'm just saying, future guest of the podcast, one can dream. Oh, so she became famous on Dr. Phil. Yes, you don't know cash me outside, girl. No. Oh, we have so much to discuss. Yes, I will send you the links. Don't worry, come next week, you'll be talking just like her. Um, Yeah, there's there's a lot there for her as well. And she parlayed a scandalous, infamous appearance on Dr. Phil as a wayward teen into a lucrative career in rap music and now also has an OnlyFans account. Oh. And it's worked. I mean, the girl's done what she's like in her tw- 21, 22 and buying a mansion. So she's been successful. So that's my big, I'm sort of in love with it and also want to break up with it because I can barely pay rent this month. <laughs> so so it's, I'm in two minds, but I'm happy for her and envious. It's, it's late capitalism at its best slash worst. But like Dr. Phil is such an exploitative, the show Awful. is so you know, toxic. So for her to emerge from that with a $6 million house, oh, I I doth my cap at her. 
Thank you. We all do. Bad Baby were there. Although um, I'm going to, that's also, I am aware of the slight cultural appropriation vibe of her look and the way she speaks. Just saying. Anyways, just want to make that clear to anyone listening. I know. But otherwise, well done. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Good baby. Good baby. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of a babe. Nice. Well done. We've got an incredible guest. He is just an absolute delight. He's one of the best comedians of his generation. He is a bloody comedy hero and legend. Oh, huge. And an absolute douche. Can the I second say that? funniest person to come from Ireland. Mm. After Oscar Wilde, you mean? <laughs> no, I mean you. <laughs> Welcome, our incredible guest, the fantastic Ed Byrne. The, the way, way they, they were. were. Hi, Ed. Hi, <laughs> Hi Grania. Hi, Ed. I'm Chantal. Hi, Chantal. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you as well. <laughs> Sorry, it was like loaded, <laughs> loaded with tension. Um, really <laughs> um, Ed, we're quite romantic podcast. Do you consider yourself a romantic person? Yes. I do think of myself as quite romantic, but I think romance is very much where you find it. And maybe it's because okay. I grew up on movies where things go wrong. You know, those sort of romantic comedy caper films. I, I find... It, being in a bad situation can be quite humorous and mm. and could be the can be the measure of a couple yeah uh, myself and my wife for instance we went on an absolutely terrible holiday many years ago while we were thankfully we still talk about it while we were thankfully still quite new as a couple mm-hmm. we went on holiday to tunisia for new year and it was awful it was despite being in the thomas cook winter sun catalog it pissed down the <laughs> entire time we were there you can't trust anyone. <laughs> and it was a catalogue of errors. But everything that happened that went wrong, we just sort of looked at each other and smiled and giggled and went, this is really shit, isn't it? You know, yeah. We do talk about if it happened today, it could it could have broken us. I was going to ask time, you, how, when you said it was early on, like how early on are we talking? Like within a few months of you guys getting together? Uh, no. We wouldn't have been like myself and my wife. We kind of got together very much in in there was you could you there was like gradations. There was oh. it, we we didn't straight away just you know we met at the Edinburgh Fringe in two thousand and three, oh and just God. dated very casually, and then you know sort of like had different different rules got sort of implemented as the relationship became more serious (laughs) yeah until five it wasn't until like a year later where we're like okay let's bang exclusively now yeah Yeah, nice speaking of romance (laughs) no i feel like you guys are an urban but you guys are like an urban myth because you know like all those stupid like rule books about how things have to be at the start if you don't follow these rules blah 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 and then there's always somebody Mm. going no but actually my friend was with a guy and they were you know so it was like all up in the air for ages and now they're married so mm. you're proof that yeah it is like that more oh, totally. often than not when we first met we, but I think we were ju- both just out of quite bad relationships and neither of us were looking to get into anything serious mm. so we both resisted it for a very very long time but the heart wants what the heart wants and then just take one just all it took was one crappy trip to Tunisia and now here you are <laughs> But yes, it was it, that was definitely we were we were very much 
boyfriend and girlfriend at that point. I can't even remember. I think we were living together even at that point. Oh, so it wasn't that early yes, on. We, okay. We, we were probably in our second year. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so we definitely weren't sick of each other or anything. Yeah, not yet. I'm not, not yet. saying we're sick of each other Oh, now, of course but not. But I'm just saying <laughs> that I just don't think today if a, 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 a holiday like that would be the sort of thing we could just have a laugh about. <laughs> yeah, the novelty would wear off. Maybe because now you need a holiday. So if it's not good, you're like, yeah. this is really not what I signed up for. <laughs> I think I think the apportioning of blame would become a very oh, yeah. important part of the whole thing. In- this is your idea, but you sent a bucket, will you? <laughs> well, so uh, you brought along a very interesting couple. So Chantel does not know this couple. So we'd like to provide a few clues for Chantel. I don't think to I'm going to guess it. I, think, I don't think I'm going to guess it. I have a feeling Ed's chosen someone really unusual and quirky. And I'm not going to know it. I don't know if, Grania, you presumably have clues she does, already yeah. mapped out there. Well, I tell you what, why don't you, uh, first of all, say the year that they officially got together. It, 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 everything's oh. quite vague and then you can give the first it is. clue. So okay. it's... It's very vague. I don't know about the year they officially got together. What? Sorry, you asked me to suppose. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've sort of decided. I have decided okay. for after a few hours oh, on the God. internet okay. is for sanity's real? sake. <laughs> is, this, is this a real page? Is this a real couple? Is this like some Disney Did, shit? I'll be honest with you. There is even some debate about whether they were a real couple. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. Go so I decide, took it upon myself to decide that the year they got together was... 1984. Okay. okay. To provide uh, a bit of context, that was the year of the minor strike. Band-Aid proved why people can fix anything and Ghostbusters was top of the box office. But that wasn't the only memorable thing to happen that year. Would you like to pr- provide a clue, Ed? Oh, yeah. Ed, give us a clue. He is a lot more famous than she is. Okay. And, and he played a major role in her fame. Yeah. I would say that would mm-hmm. be that would be one 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 clue I would say. Is it give. Prince and Carmen Electra? Oh, oh my god. <laughs> is it? No, but you're so close. Oh, am I? You are so oh, close. Oh, is it Prince yes. and someone else? I mean we gotta Yeah, I mean we gotta give it and we gotta let her know. No, it's Carmen Electra and uh, <laughs> No, it is. No, it's Prince. It's Prince and, and someone it's else. Prince and somebody. Prince yeah. and Sheila E. Sheila E, yeah, because he made them all. Fun. Oh, I thought. I could have kept guessing. I could have guessing, but who else is it going to be? But I, 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 saw, I, I did well, I think. I think I have. You did very, very, very the well. The clue I would have given you was he was pop royalty who gave his purple heart to a gal who marched to the beat of her own drum. Oh, those are good ones. Those are very much around. And because drum. we just had her at the Oscars recently, she was fresh on the brain as well. Mm. So I would have, it wouldn't have taken me a long time. But also, can I just say, can we do Prince and Carmen Electra at some point? Because <laughs> that would also be great. <laughs> so, it's it, like saying the fact that you got Prince there, that's like one of those wordles where, you know, you get like N-E is the end and you're like, oh, there's so many words it could be. You know, just knowing that, knowing that Prince is one half of the couple because he was linked to many, many people. And it's one of those interesting things about Prince is that, there were so many people that he worked with and that he was then also romantically linked to. No one has complained about him. None. Apart from Sinead Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor has complained about him, but she never never said that he tried it on with her. She just said that he didn't show her due deference. He didn't sort of bow down and thank him enough for writing the song that made her a star, you know, as far as he was concerned. Which I think is fair enough, to be honest, Sinead. Yeah. (laughs) 
He didn't try and force himself upon her, and she never implied that he had. She but wasn't the fact that he's had so many relationships with so many women, all of whom he kind of had a, you know, a huge you hand. could say in in the power dynamic, he was definitely had the upper hand. Nobody has ever said there was anything wrong with that. Mm. So I find him a, a very curious figure from that perspective. So when. When we ask you, but what what was it about this specific couple that you find really fascinating? Well, I do think the relationship. Well, first of all, she's of of all the relationships he had, I think that was one of the longer ones. Apart from, we could have talked. We could have done Susanna Melvoin, Wendy's sister. They were quite a couple, friend, and it was a toss up there. I think what makes it more interesting is that there's now beef between Sheila E. and Apollonia Catero. I think that's probably oh, that's why fun. I thought this would be a bit more <laughs> of a meaty discussion. But also because they were engaged, you know, according to herself. Mm-hmm. He proposed her on stage. I think it was it was during the parade tour or the Around the World in a Day. Around that. So I think that also makes it quite interesting because they were never publicly engaged. She just said that he proposed on stage to her. Mm. And then it just sort of fizzled out. So that that's ex- also- that's interesting. Yeah, are you? Am I taking it right that you're? Are you a massive Prince fan? I presume I'm an enormous Prince fan. I used to live with a huge, huge Prince fan, the biggest. We're annoying, aren't we? Well, it's, no, it was very educational. It's very educational. He had that. Do you know that we have a tendency to educate? <laughs> yes, that's our problem. That is, a, that is definitely an issue with Prince fans. Are you aware of that book, The Vault? Yes. Yeah. Did you? Ha- yeah, we used to have that. Like, as that was like on our coffee table. We would, so what would is check the it vault? On. It what sort of tells vault? you what Prince was doing on that day, <laughs> in like for over like a ten or fifteen years span. Is that about right? Ed, am I right? Yeah, it's kind of an exhaustive reference point yeah. of you know of a timeline of Prince's activities. Yeah, and so yeah. he, my flatmate at the time, Gary, would often pick this book up and be like, "Oh, it's April seventeenth. Let's see what Prince was doing in nineteen eighty-seven on this day." That kind of thing. And it's, yeah, <laughs> Prince fans are Prince. <laughs> Prince fans are very you know. I, th- I always feel like people that are into Prince are more into Prince than anyone else is into anything else. You know what I mean? Like someone into Manchester United doesn't know what it means to be a fan until they've met a Prince fan. You know? And I could be wrong at this, but. I think part of the reason for that is uh, growing up for me, being a Prince fan in sort of North County, Dublin, you either liked you two Simple Minds or you were into Madness, you know, Ska, or you were into heavy metal. And that was it. That was all you were allowed. Anything else, you were just weird. Mm-hmm. And so liking Prince was a very, you, were, you would be, shall I say, bullied, put upon. Let's put it that way. Ostracized, maybe. Certainly for a good life. And then then when he broke big, I say big, I mean, he was obviously big. But when, when he became really sort of commercial with, with sort of Sign of the Times and Love Sex, that sort of era, everybody was a Prince fan. And those of us who were Prince fans earlier than that, who really had some struggles with, particularly with Around the World in a Day, <laughs> you know, you, you, got, you, you had so much grief that suddenly when it was cool to be a Prince fan, we, we really were like, no, I'm a bigger Prince fan than you. Yeah. Prince fans were incredibly competitive about who was a bigger Prince fan. I can totally imagine that. And there's so much there with him as well. He's such an interesting character. He's so prolific. There's so much to get your hands into with him. You know, there's so much. It's not as if it's being a fan of, I don't know, Sex Pistols. It's like you buy a few albums and you're yeah. done. It's like with him, there's so much to cover. But it was also, it was a lot that you got bullied over. Because I, I remember a time when everybody thought Prince was gay, but that George Michael and Freddie Mercury <laughs> were straight. There was a time where that was the assumed situation. That's very, very well put. Very true. Okay, well, let's have a little deep dive into 
Prince and Chili. And I have to caveat this because I don't know that much about Prince. And this is such an intimidating, scary thing. So if you are a listener and you're like Ed, you know your Prince. Can I just... Oh, Ed will correct you. Don't worry. (laughs) Ed's not going to let it go. I'll go easy. I'll go easy for the situation. (laughs) It was another War of the Roses type situation trying to... Poor Grania. So... First of all, I know what you're all thinking, but what about their star signs? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I know this. I know Prince's birthday. It was the same as my mom's. He was, is his birthday June 7th? Yes. That's right. It's my mom's birthday. I, I knew that. So he's a Virgo. Is he's a Gemini. He's a Gemini. I don't know who they are. <laughs> he's a Gemini. I only knew that because I went out with a girl who was also a Gemini and she, again, we were both Prince fans. Oh, right. So she's like, I'm in that competitive way. <laughs> She was like, well, I'm close to him. So she won by when she was born. That's excellent. You can't beat that. Good luck. You can't beat that. Was she she able to go like, sorry, you wouldn't get it. It's like a real Gemini thing. It's a Gemini thing. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, no. The non-Geminis do prefer that song. But I think you'll find. That's excellent. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So Prince, Gemini, Sheila E, Sagittarius. It's not the, this is the second time we've had this pairing. What do you think the oh, really? percentage of the compatibility was? Red, what do you think? I don't know. Can you tell me who the previous pairing was? This is the exact what, same. Oh my God, my brain's gone blank. You mean you don't keep a list of these things, oh, Grania? No. <laughs> who was it? Uh, we did, we did, we did, uh, we, did Bra- uh, we did Brad and Angelina. Oh, I'm pretty sure it's Brad and Angelina. Let me, t- I, I think it's the same compatibility as Brad and Angelina because I remember interesting. looking this up. That's I was interesting. Like, it would explain the temporary nature of the relationship. Then. So what, what are you thinking, Ed? What, what's their percentage according to the stars above us? I'm going to say uh, 35. 35, Chantel? Well, if it's Brad and Angelina, if I recall correctly, that was really high. It was like in the 90s. Was it like 95 or something like that? It was a crazy high. So I'm not going to pretend I'm guessing, but... 90%. 90% compatibility. So Sheila I'm not, and Prince. I'm not, I'm not going to beat myself up for not knowing the star sign, <laughs> the astrological compatibility. I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to lose any sleep. Of, oh man, you should have known that one. You're just bitter Damn about it, the ex was a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Again, you know, there's only so much time a gal has on the internet. So Prince, he, uh, Are you, you know, to explain Prince in a sentence. <laughs> And so basically, uh, Sheila E, she came from quite a musical family. Her dad is like a mm-hmm. really famous session musician. She is basically like Spanish music, Cuban music royalty. She starts playing in bands from a really early age. She's incredible on drums and uh, she starts singing as well. So she is, if you're into music, you know her family you know her. Yeah. She is like proper, proper musical royalty. Yeah, if I could, yeah, of, of a lot of the people that Prince worked with, a lot of them he, he sort of plucked from obscurity and somewhere, to be to be fair, people like Vanity and Apollonia and that were sort of, you know, they, it could have been anybody. Yeah. You know, whereas <laughs> Sheila E was one, of the, was one of the people who already had a musical pedigree when he, when he met her. Interesting. So she, the very first time they meet was when Prince insisted on recording his first album in the recording studio that her dad used to play at. So she was very much oh, like okay. proper musical heritage. So he's up and coming. 
And he, she says, at the start, he definitely chased after her. She said, he pursued me for a long time. Oh yes, are you kidding? Oh my God, the first time we saw each other, we looked at each other like, ha ha ha. He was beautiful and talented and I had this thing for guitar players but I'd just gotten out of another relationship with a guitar player and I was like, not another musician. I kept... This is like me and my wife. (laughs) (laughs) I kept saying no, but it was hard. After a while, it was just like, okay, well, maybe. And that was it. He wooed me very well. He did so many beautiful things. During the Lionel Richie tour, he sent me flowers at every place, every single day. Whatever city we were in, there were beautiful arrangements of flowers from Prince the entire tour. I couldn't, oh I couldn't bring any more flowers on the bus. There were some I couldn't even lift. Each arrangement was different. There was nowhere to put them, so I started giving, giving them away to either shelters or housekeepers because there was no room on the bus. It was a lot. Wait, sorry, did she say shelters? <laughs> I think yeah. I don't think they're homeless. Like for flowers. Talk about let them eat cake. Go to a homeless shelter and give them a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That's how they rolled in the early 80s. She oh, was Sheena E. <laughs> um, it was a lot and I loved it. He knew how to get me and every arrangement came with a card from him and I kept every single card. So he really wow. wooed her. He really put the effort in. So pre-Prince, she was secretly, briefly engaged to Carla Santana. She said it was a really big thing, but nobody knew about it. And she was seeing him when she was 18. Wow. Okay, see, now, okay, but that's the second time she's gotten engaged to, because according to her, she, her and Prince were also engaged and no one knew about else it. Has backed this up. What's up with so her engagements being secretive? Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially to like really These famous just... men. I'd be bragging, right? Like, what is she hiding? <laughs> oh, she is. She is bragging, but no one else seems to know about these engagements. She turns around and goes, oh, yeah, oh I was engaged to Carlos Santana and Prince. Whereas I don't remember Prince or Carlos Santana ever mentioning that they were engaged oh, to I see. Yeah, okay, she's I thought you were saying she's bashful. You are saying she's a liar. That's, that's what I'm saying. She's just making stuff up. One of them can't come back to anything anymore now, and Carlos doesn't care probably, so... <laughs> Quite clever of you, Sheila. Well done. Just say it. It's it's only twice, so it's not yet a pattern of behaviour. Okay, one more to go. <laughs> and obviously, her first boyfriend lived in Canada, and nobody ever met him. <laughs> no one <laughs> goes there. Went to a different school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pre Sheila E, again, uh, Prince's love life is exhaustive. I'll just say oh, that. Yeah. So a few of the ones he was with uh, a singer called Denise Matthews, aka Vanity. So she was in a band called Vanity Six and he very much, this. she was the first of like these sort of like unbelievably beautiful singers and backup dancers. And apparently what he used to do was he would just, as a way of sort of creating his own sort of sound, his own sort of music, his idea was I can shift the culture if instead of it's just me creating the sound, if I can then write music for other people and they're also you know, creating the culture and that's my sound too. So it was like mm-hmm. branding yeah. almost. Yeah, I mean, he was he was basically, he was creating the Minneapolis sound. He wasn't the only one, but he was the leader of it all. And he had all these various protégé bands, The Family, The Time, Vanity Six, etc. And then, and then Jam and Lewis, who played with The Time, they, also, they then produced Janet Jackson, who had a very similar sound. And yeah, it was, it became quite ubiquitous in the sort of, mid to late 80s yeah it was like just a, a, the prince franchise mm. and it was always it's it just like 
stunningly beautiful girls with sort of Prince style sounds. But can I say that Vanity wasn't just a Prince protege or puppet. She was also a very talented actress. She played the love interest in such hits as The the Last Dragon, which was a kung fu movie. So it was a, it was a kung fu movie made by Motown. She was also Great. the love interest in Action Action Jackson <laughs> with Carl Weathers in the in, in the in the titular role. And she was also oh mate, there was No, that's it. I'm gonna be <laughs> just too. <laughs> But she was definitely in Last Dragon and Action Jackson. <laughs> that's that's, that's she pretty was big. I'm going she was that. gorgeous. He had all these like these gorgeous, gorgeous girls. Uh, next mm. up Apo- I'm gonna. Oh God, I'm gonna pronounce this one. Apollonia. Apollonia. No. Apollonia. Apollonia. <laughs> Apollonia. Ed already has mentioned her twice. So come on, Gloria. <laughs> so she was his co-star in Purple Rain, of course, and they iconic. also had sort of a moment. But she then, because then the band that was Vanity Six became Apollonia Six. I mean, how much? Of a replacement, could you feel? Seriously. Like, how much of a, like, vanity, right, let's have it. We'll just change the name to Apollonia 6. And she, they just put her in. I think it was actually the original plan was that vanity was going to be in Purple Rain. And then for whatever Oh, really? Reason, yeah, they, they didn't. And so then, he just and properly did a swap scene. Yeah. God, in, in everything, in, in, including the band she was in. Yeah. He, that's bonkers. This okay, is, and I think, sorry to interrupt again, but I'm sure it was actually Vanity 6 and then it was like Vanity 3 and then Apollonia 3. Really? It was that. Like even <laughs> just, just the numbers in the really band. The went, you know, no, there's too many people here. Let's do this instead. Well, he was really into his numbers. Ma- none of it mattered. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> none of it actually mattered. It, none of it really mattered. He was just, he was all, he was doing it all. So let's say <laughs> Sheila E has a pattern already established of having secret engagements to famous people. Secret, that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> Prince very much has a, a pattern of sort of moulding these young female performers. They're sort of, it's a bit like, like David Bowie, he's up these different phases. They sort of represent different phases and then and when he's ready to move on to the next phase, he sort of recasts his love interest. Mm-hmm. He's usually in control until enter our leading lady, Sheila E. <laughs> so she is, remember, she is bloody music royalty in her own, in her own right. So it's on the sign of the Times tour that they really connect and really start falling in love. Um, She said, during the sign of the Times tour, I was playing drums and it was during Purple Rain. That song always makes me cry. We were so into it. The way he played, my God, my eyes were closed a lot during that song. It was just so emotional. Musically, you know, when you get to that place where you're just one, we hit that place. And when I opened my eyes, I could see his eyes were opening as well. He turned and looked at me during his solo and that's when he asked me to marry him. And I said yes. And we were still playing the song. Okay. Okay, Sheila. All right. Sure. (laughs) And then she goes on. She said, I felt like we were married anyway. We were attached at the hip. If there were three hours I didn't see him, maybe that was about it. When I lived with him, he'd go to the studio at two or three in the morning for a couple of hours, come back and then wake me up and be like, I'm going to play what I just did. It was nonstop. We went to the movies, played basketball, ping pong, pool. We were very competitive with each other. 
we're in the studio recording all the time. A lot of the music that Prince recorded, it was just him and I in the studio for hours and hours, just having fun, just making up stuff. When he died, there's a there's a there's a there's a, TV, a radio station in Minneapolis, St. Paul, called The Current, and they had just people coming and going, just coming in all day long, just talking about him. There was a guy came in. It was, I wasn't listening at the time. Was, my brother told me the story. There was a guy who came in. He was talking about how Prince just has loads of women working at Paisley Park, and was, always had women, and, and they always thought it was a really nurturing and it and and they felt respected and they felt safe and he basically went i mean he essentially said i mean he fucked all of them but they all <laughs> well they were all paid very well so they were all but paid many hours living wage respected and safe and happy <laughs> but here's the thing prince made the people that were in his life part of his stage show so it wasn't just a case of the women he was seeing became part of the musical yeah. scene. Like his bodyguards became part of the onstage entourage and they became backing dancers. And Jerome Benton, who ended up co-starring with him in Under the Cherry Moon, started off as, as personal security. He had three guys who were, and then they were all also in, um, you know, a lot of the stuff you see in uh, the films, the, the, the concert movie, mm-hmm. Sign of the Times. The guys in that, they were they were personal security, but they became backing singers, stroke backing dancers. So, he, so if that anything, was, it wasn't just the case of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you bang me, I'll make you famous. Type. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like that. It's like if you're in his life, if you're in his social circle, a lot of the time you became part of the onstage or the or the the, the show. Imagine okay. being that one mate who wasn't oh. <laughs> just that one oh, friend yeah. who didn't really look very good on camera. What a charisma like, vacuum you gotta be, <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, okay, Ed, I want you to imagine Time Machine. It's 19, let's say 1985. Yeah. You get a phone call. It's Sheila E. She's like, Ed, me and Prince <laughs> are in town. What do you imagine a night out with <laughs> Sheila E and Prince at the height of their, their magic would be like? Under the cherry moon. Come on. <laughs> oh, it would be go to a restaurant for a salad. Just that. They don't, they're not big eaters. And then... Maybe go to a club where there's live music. They would watch for so long and then they would get on the stage and they would take it over until closing time. <laughs> That's what they would do. They would, they just wanted to play. And then it was like, when it would close down, it was like, okay, everybody back to mine where I will play more music. And when you were like, so. Because he didn't drink. He didn't drink. That was the other thing. It was never, it wouldn't have been like, let's all get hammered because mm-hmm. he didn't drink. So this idea of like this really sort of charismatic guy who's like, a bit nerdy, maybe not the traditional idea of what like a rock star looks like. And he's with all these incredibly beautiful women. It, it, growing up like teenage Ed, were you like, this is the way to have a relationship? Oh. Like, this is this is my future. I mean, at the time, I would have said I was completely learned everything I knew. But now I look back and say I was probably quite misinformed. <laughs> but yes, he was absolutely a role model. I mean, I was taller than him, but certainly as just as skinny. And mm. but, you know, I didn't have anywhere near his talent. But I did. I mean, Under the Cherry Moon for me was. I mean, a film most people really did not like at all. Uh, I actually think it's a more enjoyable movie overall than Purple Rain. But uh 
Yeah, I, 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 I would absolutely say that Prince, Prince was a massive role model for me as, mm. as, a, as a young man. And as a, as, a, as a man finding his way and attempting to seduce other, <laughs> other people my own age. My own age. When I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I stress that at 16 I was looking at my own age. <laughs> did you ever try to find anybody? Yeah, did you ever try and mentor someone, like give them yeah. a guitar and be like, come on, let me no, name you? No, but I did. I did. I tell you what I did. I used to work on my smolder. I absolutely. And in that way, I was definitely misinformed by him because I used to work on my smolder. And I remember I did meet, I was with a girl one time who I, I'd known for a while who told me that she didn't want to know me initially because the first time I saw her, I kept giving her dirty looks. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fine line. Okay, it's a very I, fine line. I was just trying to, I was just trying to be vamp. I was just trying to be. <laughs> and she, uh, clearly she misinterpreted my intensity as me looking like I was trying to start a fight with her. <laughs> and I completely blame Prince for that. Because his skills, uh, he's as a role model, he's very like they're not very useful everyday skills, you know, for like a young man, young anybody to be like just become so incredibly successful and charismatic that you can rename women. It's hard to. It's not like Tom Hanks, you yeah. know, be sort of likable. No, you're right. It wouldn't have worked when I was growing up. Oh, your name's Jacinta. Well, I shall call you Concepta. <laughs> that's not gonna. <laughs> and you're going to hang around with these two women you don't know. I'm going to call you Concepta 3. <laughs> Deal with it. I know it sounds like you're the name of a car now. But... <laughs> so Sheila E and Prince, they didn't last long, but they did have a whale of a time. So in an interview, she said she didn't quite understand expenses and who was paying for what. Oh, no. And basically her and Prince on that tour, Sign of the Times tour, got into a fashion war where every every night they tried to like out-fashion each other with like these incredible outfits. And it got to the stage that when the tour was over, she had spent so much money that she owed the touring company a million dollars. And that was just on shoulder pads, guys. That was just shoulder (laughs) pads. pads. (laughs) (laughs) So they... Don't last that's an, very that's long. That's quite an achievement, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine How long were they together stadium. for? So again, everything about these two, are it's very vague. It's very, very vague. She's, the way she sort of says, you know, they knew each other for a while. He chased after her. They got together in the Sign of the Times tour. Then sort of various reports seem to be that he maybe started seeing other people. And she... She's like a proper musician and she was like he wrote songs for her and everything. But she very much was like, I love being a session musician. I love like the art form. And she wanted to keep her creative control. So those things Mm. meant they kind of drifted apart. But we don't know, like months, a year, two years, do we know? I I think it was like two. For some reason, I think two years. A couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I thought it it was about that. Yeah. I seem to remember he worked with her professionally because I think sort of Bell of St. Mark and things like that came out around the time of of Purple Rain around the world at that sort of time. But he wasn't actually romantically involved with her until, like you say, Love Sexy Sign of the Times sort of, mm. which was a couple mm. of years later. I do know this. After Sign of the Times, I think it was, Prince gave Sheila E a guitar 
that he had made for the Purple Rain tour. And Sheila E. put that guitar up for auction <laughs> in 2001. She oh, sold no. the guitar at auction. But so do you know how I know that? How do you While know he was it? still alive. Do you know how I know that? Because you bid on it. You own that guitar. I bought the fucking <gasps> thing. No. <laughs> you did not. Oh my God. You own God. the Prince Sheila E. memorabilia. my wall. I <gasps> own the guitar that Prince, and it could have been one of many, but I own a guitar Prince gave to Sheila E. Oh and my it, God. And I, You're and involved. It's, it's, I'm involved. <laughs> Oh my, you are. It's You're a part thruple. of this. Yeah, it's a throuple. What, what, so when you think they've so much going for the star, as far as the stars are concerned, these guys are golden. She's got the, all the musical mm. integrity that he's so passionate about. She, you know, they, they stayed really good friends after. Why do you think romantically it didn't work out? I think Prince had too much love to give. To, you think he just people. couldn't be held down by one woman? I, I'm with Ed. The size of it. Yeah. I mean, if anyone's going to know, yeah. it's Ed. <laughs> <laughs> I follow this very closely. Yeah. I think it would be a disservice to the women of the world for any woman yeah. to keep Prince to themselves. Yeah. There's certain people unfair. like that. You've got to do your, you've got to have him for your bait, enjoy him while you got him and let them free. Socialism. Yeah, be a sister. Socialism. You know, well, you're, you're absolutely, you're, you're, yeah, you're betraying the sisterhood totally. by taking something like Something like that off the market. Can't keep dynamite in a bottle. (laughs) Well, so let's have a look, see what happens to both of them afterwards. So I have to say, Sheila, again, just very vague. It's very vague what happens to her love life wise. She's in their last interview, she seemed to be single, but her, it goes quiet. Even her last name is vague. What is E? Everything about her is vague. (laughs) The trail runs cold. The (laughs) trail runs cold. The mystery of Sheila E. But with Prince, I'm just going to give, I'm just going to give a wrap up. So then he goes out with, (laughs) again, a lot of these, the timeline is so, so I'm just going to, with acknowledge Ed, please jump in. We're all, this all completely in the wrong order. I'll do what I can. So Charlene Friend pops up. They had a two-year relationship. In a statement, she said, Prince informed me he took sexual relations very seriously. He believed he was the Messiah. And if you engaged in sex with him, you became one with him. So he used to have me dress in his clothing at his whim and his staff were not allowed to look at me and I was not allowed to look at them. Was that in the noughties? It's very, as I've said before, it gets very War the Roses, sort of trying to keep on top of everything. But... Charlene, friend, don't know if you're listening to the podcast, if you want to clarify the dates. Uh, he was linked, but we don't know if it was romantically or people were just saying that with Susanna Hoffs, which he wrote the iconic song, yeah, I mean, that was Manic Monday. Manic Monday, um, yeah, was, was, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. She was uh, hot as well. And she's oh, very his type as well. She yeah. looks like, yeah. He was also linked to Madonna. Apparently Madonna was much more into him than he was into her and she did a lot of the pursuing and then he had to be like, whatever. Then he was with Charlotte. That was Fenn. all around the same time. It was it was very much in the eighties. This was you know, he yeah. he wrote it he they co wrote a song that was on her album called Love Song that yeah. he produced for her. But this was all Roughly around the same time as the sort of Sheila He's busy. Yeah. I can see why he's so thin. I don't know where he gets time to eat. Yeah. He's, it's well, a as lot Ed work. said, he wasn't much of an eater. You know, just a salad <laughs> a day. And the rest of it's well, just 
the, the amount of women he has in his life suggests maybe he did eat. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. I think he was getting very well nourished. He always had very smooth skin as well. Lots of moisturiser yeah. in there. Um, he was linked to Kim Basinger. And then Basinger. I think so the late 80s, Kim Basinger, I was just going to say Kim Basinger, yeah. Because yeah, it's thought that it's her sounds of pleasure, shall we say, on the full-length version of the song Scandalous, which was on the which on the Batman soundtrack, but there's a longer yep. version that's got a bit of... Oh, I see. Okay. It's thought to be her. Secret tracks. They really are a lost art form, aren't they? They were always like... I remember growing up, you'd be like, do you know, if you play long enough, there's a secret track at the end. So apparently, yes, there was a secret track with intimate noises provided by Kim Basinger. And apparently they also recorded a non-release album together where they rapped. Great. (laughs) She must have been awesome at that. Uh, He also was briefly linked with Carmen Electra, who was the opening act on his Diamond and Pearls tour. And he was the one who gave her the name Carmen Electra. Electra. Mm -hmm. So usually he's had a lot of like positive experiences, as Ed uh, noted. There was one sort of like... Interaction that went awry, let's say. Sinead O'Connor, not a fan. Not a fan. Apparently, he didn't like the fact that she swore. So he invited her to his house in the middle of the night. Uh, they absolutely hated each other. She got bad vibes off him. Uh, he told her to stop swearing. I think she told him to F off. Then he suggested they have a pillow fight. And then she says in his pillow, he had like loaded his pillow with like heart like rocks or something like it was like classic it was a bit mental and then she had to run out of his house in the middle of the night and like run and in her i listened to her book it's absolutely mental and like run down a street and then he got into his car and was following her and then she had to run and knock on a neighbor's door to to say please help me prince is trying to get me with a pillow (laughs) (laughs) that's a curious one i imagine it's very hard to take being told you swear too much by a man who released a song called Sexy Motherfucker. Yeah. I could imagine that. Would, it's that, tough. Would, that would stick in my craw. <laughs> um, but apart from... It'd be, like, it'd be like him complaining that you were too short. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, he, you know, he gets good reports from his ladies in his life. Next up is Vanessa Marcel who, this is a very 80s moment, she was Corey Feldman's ex-wife and apparently the inspiration for the song The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. Mm -hmm. She said he chatted her up by swapping shoes with her because he said, we have the same size feet. I thought The Most Beautiful Girl in the World was about uh, Maite, who who he did marry. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard heard about three different girls, actually. I, I think, think it's one of the like, songs that a lot of girls claim it's yeah, about Yeah, I think it's like, a, it's like the lady in red. Everybody wants to pretend it's about them. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of like really good looking women yeah. from the 80s, maybe were told by Prince it was about them. Yeah, okay. So she... No, to be fair to them, if maybe not their line, maybe Prince told them that it's that's... It's Prince, yeah. He oh, might have said that to a few yeah. people, yeah. It's a good line. <laughs> I mean, if you have that I song... I like the fact that, I don't def- know if you know that song well, he doesn't even say you are. He says... Could you be? Could you be? (laughs) Which is a real, you know, could you be? Is it possible you are? Ask yourself. 
Now, <laughs> what is the, the answer? I'm not saying. I, can I just be? I've got. It, it's the most qualified love song ever. Really, when you think about it. I'm saying you have potential. <laughs> so he was with. Um, yeah, Vanessa Marcel, one of the first beats. I'm sorry. I'm just suddenly thinking, there's another one that's like that. I can't even remember who it's by, but you know the one, and it goes, you are so beautiful. Yeah. And Joe then Cocker. it goes, no, yeah, Joe Cocker. He goes, you are so beautiful. And he goes, to me. To me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not saying everyone's going to think. Yeah. Give me either the beholder, sweetheart. Yeah. I've got this weird crush on you. It's just like this, weird. It's yeah, weird it's thing. It's so strange. I even this find you This is not to be accepted as a statement of objective fact. <laughs> this is a purely subjective opinion. Anyway, sorry. I'm digressing again. So uh, I just love Vanessa Marcel's love life. So she is Corey Feldman's ex-wife. Then she goes out with Prince. And then she gets together with Brian Austin Green. She lived a great life. She had very pillowy lips. She was a she was a hot little number. <laughs> so next up on Prince's romantic Rolodex, it's Mighty Garcia. Oh, no, no, no. I skipped right one. There. Hang on. Wait, 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 wait. No. Oh, next up, Nana Gay. Marvin Gaye's oh, yeah. daughter. Marvin Gaye's daughter. Yeah. So he goes out with Mar. So he likes musical royalty. Guess how they broke up. Guess how Nana Gaye found out that maybe Prince was seeing somebody else. How do you think? Do you know this story? When he got when he got engaged to Maite, maybe. But how did she find out? <laughs> in a song. <laughs> when Maite was in the audience at a gig she was performing with with Prince on stage, and Maite flashes her engagement <gasps> ring from the audience. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> that respect. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, ladies. Yeah. That's class. Is that which is which is better? An email or that? If I dump, which is worse, if I dump you by email or if I dump you by you seeing my fiance flash the ring, if that which is fiance which makes me the, the bigger asshole. Oh yeah, you're the asshole. I think that's yeah. And the worst part yeah, yeah. is she was wearing a foam hand at the time. She was what? She was wearing a green foam hand <laughs> at the you, time. Mighty, like, like one of those sports ones. Yeah, in America? she was wearing those and a giant <laughs> engagement ring. That's even better. This is great. <laughs> this is a rom-com. <laughs> so Mighty Garcia, they met when she was 16, but he was very respectful and he waited. He sort of told her, I'm going to get married to you, but he waited until she was 19 before they started dating. Then they got married on Valentine's Day uh, when Mighty was 22 and white doves were released as they exchanged vows. So it was very how romantic. Was, how old was he at that point? Press has okay, not so it... uh, revealed whether or not the doves were crying. <laughs> <laughs> so in 96, so if he's born, this is going to require me to do maths. So if he was born in 58, he's in well, his no, 40s. He's, 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 yeah. up, he's, he's up in, grown to maturity. But their marriage is quite sad because uh, they're together for four years. So they have their first child, Amir, who dies of a birth defect. Days after um, she gives birth to the baby. But then they went on Oprah a week after and pretended that. that the baby was still alive. Yep. Uh, that, that's one of the few things I do I know. Do, well, that I was don't really think, weird. I don't think Maite went on with him. I think he oh. went on Oprah. He was doing. Oh, oh think, okay. And he, when, when asked, it was a weird thing because it was just around the time. Hmm. It was just within the time he got out. He finally got out of his contract with Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. 
And I don't know if you remember, he went through that whole period where a where he changed his name to a symbol, and he was writing the word slave on his face. Was that Sony? Was it Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers? I always thought it was Sony. No, it's Warner Brothers. Oh, Warner I, Brothers I believe you. Right. <laughs> he then signed up. Said, and and then his first release. Then this was around the time of it. He released a triple album called Emancipation, mm-hmm. which even had a track on it where the drum beat contained the fetal heartbeat oh. of the kid. He'd sampled the fetal heartbeat from a scan and put that into one of the tracks. And yeah, I think it was just one of those things where he didn't want to talk about mm-hmm. it. So the the, 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 the the new triple album had just come out and he's doing it. And the, the kid, yeah, the kid was there and Oprah had asked him, how's he, and he said, my kid's doing fine. She's looking forward to being a mother. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, but actually the, the, the child was already there. It is, it's, it's, it is quite tragic. Mm-hmm. And it, it is one of the things where, and to what, ex- and to what extent do you come from, Compartmentalize things, and I think he was just compartmentalizing. I think it makes sense. I think he just didn't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, I think if you're promoting an album, you're like, I don't really want to get into that. But if I say, yeah. oh, I don't want this, no matter what he said, it would have caused an uproar. So just to say, oh, everything's going great. She loves it. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Everyone yeah. kind of forgets about it, you know. So I can kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. How they, how but it was over dinner that night, I don't know. <laughs> but it is, yeah. It's obviously, it's, it's, it's. Super odd. Mm. Um, so then they have another baby, but sadly it, it results in a miscarriage. So their relationship doesn't survive that. They divorce and he has the home they shared bulldozed. That's, that's you know, that's a good plan. <laughs> if you've got the money to just <laughs> totally absolutely agree. destroy all remnants of that, of a relationship that carries that many <laughs> tough memories, bulldoze it. Yeah. 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 And for that, I mean, Elvis like... Presley used to shoot the TV just because they didn't like what was on. You know, so. I'm with him. I mean, haven't we all wanted to? <laughs> Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, so then he gets together with Manuela Testaloni. She was uh, working for a charity. She was 24. He was 43. And the marriage lasted five years, and then resulted in a very amicable, amicable split. And then his last sort of relationship was with Bria Valente, a backup singer. And then he sadly died of a drug overdose. Um, what year was that? 2016. And um, so uh, Sheila E, he, they remain friends. But she's, got, she's kind of a controversial figure amongst sort of Prince people because sort of a lot of people mm-hmm. accuse her, especially Apollonia, of... Sort of like trading Apollonia. in on a- Apollonia. Let's do it again. Apollonia. You've got to get this one. Apollonia. <laughs> Apollonia. <laughs> apple. I think of apple like Gwyneth and Chris's yeah, child. And then just apple. add Apollonia. Apollonia. You can Apollonia. do this, Grania. <laughs> Apollonia. Or, or says... Bologna. Think Bologna. Apollon- <laughs> Apollonia. <laughs> she says that she sort of trades on her relationship with Prince and then she kind of got into a bit of embarrassing situation on Instagram she put a picture of Instagram being like oh me and Prince we used to love cooking together I'd make eggs he just loved pancakes and then she put up a picture and somebody had to point out you do know the person in that picture eating pancakes is not Prince oh my <laughs> and god she had to no clarify, I did not know going, this oh one. yeah I knew I knew that oh, one I knew great. but he does it looks oh, you I can know, tell, it I kind know. of looks like Prince but it is not Prince <laughs> And she has That's just so announced. Good. She's, oh, I knew, I, I knew it wasn't him. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying he likes it. That's all. I'm just saying that. Okay, thanks. And and there are talks. I mean, that is that, the problem uh, of... that everybody, 
everybody Prince hung out with back then looked like Prince, including Sheila E. You know, I mean, they all he just made everybody look like him, so you could understand. But it could have yeah. been an innocent mistake. Maybe she she didn't know. <laughs> and there's talks of a film coming out about their relationship, uh, sort of romantic drama mm-hmm. about their relationship. So, Ed... Well, I will watch it. <laughs> I will watch it. I will not feel good about myself, but I will no. watch it. But yeah, Apollonia did a massive Facebook post uh, about two years ago, really having a go at Sheila E for, for claiming to be closer to Prince than she is. And, oh, uh, God. Than she was. They're infighting and amongst these girls. The, yeah. It, of all the women sort of Prince was attacked, what is it about the Sheila E of it all that you find so interesting when you when you think of all the different relationships he was in I think it's just really sad that she sold that guitar I'm glad I have it <laughs> but I really it just feels like would you did you need the money that bad because I mean I bought it for the price of a sort of second hand car I mean a good second hand car you know like it was a nice you get like a you know you get like a, a like a two year old cash guy for the, what I what I paid wouldn't you, wouldn't you want? Wouldn't you want to keep that? Yeah. So I think that's that's part of it. But I think also the fact that she was someone who, even though he he did produce songs for her, and and to be fair to her, her biggest hits were ones he wrote and produced. But she still, she had her own thing. I think of all of the relationships he had, mm-hmm. she was the one who had her own identifiable personality. Mm-hmm. So I re- I respect her for that. In every mm-hmm. splish, <laughs> there is a winner mm-hmm. and there is a loser. So in the great mm-hmm. split between Prince and Sheila E, which one do you think thrived and which one do you think just survived? Who won the split? Well, I mean, I know what you mean. I mean, it, it, in the context of the split, without a doubt, Prince was the one who was the thriver there. I yeah. Mean, Sheila E was yet just another <laughs> footnote in the juggernaut of a story that is Prince. I mean, that's, 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 there's, no, there's really no comment. I mean, she won the long game. I'm not gonna. I'll give her that. The game of life, but, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> In the basic terms of that but game. I st- I st- but I still, I still say, as regards the split, I yeah, the, yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it to Prince. You gotta now. give it to Prince. I think. So either, Maybe, well, I don't think either of them had bad. Like, as you said when we started this whole mm-hmm. thing, you were saying how his reputation has always remained untarnished, mm-hmm. and with the exception mm-hmm. of Apollonia. Or as Griner calls it, Apollonia. With the exception of her, it seems like uh, it seems like Sheila E has remained relatively well respected, and people. So no, neither mm-hmm. of them seem to do. Neither of them did really badly. Doesn't feel like. So I feel like no one really. I mean, Prince clearly won, but I'm saying I feel like no one really lost here. She didn't sort of go downhill after that. She didn't sort of fall apart type thing. No. Whereas, do not Google what happened to Vanity. Oh yeah, different podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've got one more question for you. And with this question, we do ask you just follow your gut, follow your instinct. Usually yeah. the first answer pops into your head. It's it's your That's first answer one. for a reason. You need to trust it. You need to trust it. Yes, feel, This feels like a pressure gig now. It's, 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 yeah, you can do this. I've got faith in you. We're basically trying to find, um, find someone for a woman who is unbelievably still single. Um, as we always say, we don't think she needs anyone. We just feel like she deserves to be loved. And it's unbelievable that currently she's not with anyone so can you think of anyone yeah that can match up to the one the only share Mm -hmm. 
Oh my God, that was <laughs> not where I thought we were going with this at all. Yeah, it's nothing to do with Prince uh, anymore. We're out of that. Is she, is she single at the moment? Is she? She's unbelievably single. Uh, she's become the man. Does it have she to be? She thought she wanted to marry, but she still would like to date. That's right. Yeah. I always thought she had great chemistry with Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck, and I think Ooh. that those two would be a car crash that I would like to watch. It'd be a yes. great one, and it yes. would definitely be a future yes. the way they were a couple. That would not last more than about six months, and I would love oh, to watch every second God. of it. <laughs> if nothing else, he could certainly do with her help in terms of his bankruptcy problems. So I think she might yeah. snap out of it in real life. Snap <laughs> out of I it, Nick. You don't need another now. castle. He's doing better now. He's doing better. I think he's. I think he's come to. I think he's just come to the end of it. I think he's still. Yeah, he's finally got just... money on his mind. But yeah, I think we're going to see a very. Inter- I mean, we have this latest film. Apparently, is quite a curiosity. I totally agree. Not I just think Pink, be... but this new one now is yeah. I think they'd be. Um, I think they'd be super fun to get together. He keeps getting married to random girls in Vegas. It's about time he settled down. Mm-hmm. And um, got back with show. Great choice, great choice. Yeah. Ed. Love really to see good. it. We love to see it. Ed, where can our listeners find no. out more information? <laughs> is there something coming up that you know? Is there anything that you want to tell? Is there a our picture about... on your social media of this guitar? I want evidence <laughs> for starters. I got nothing. If anybody knows any, like uh, you know, billionaires who want to buy a Prince guitar, I mean, I'll sell it for a lot. <laughs> but I'd it has to be a lot. <laughs> but I am in a position now where I'm, you know, I bought that thing when I was single and didn't have kids around like that, and now I feel it's just irresponsible to still own it. That's so someone's university education. Me, yeah. <laughs> I'll take, I'll take a couple hundred grand for it. Yeah. <laughs> where can we find you on social Edburn. media? Where can we for the tour you? details. There I'm, we go. I'm on Twitter. Bring the guitar on tour with you. Just bring it out at the end of every single show and just try and get the best. <laughs> By the end of the tour, you could have it off your hands. It's, it's, I, I, I can't let it leave the house. It's worth too much. <laughs> I can't even leave the room. Okay. I'm telling you, I'm the, this film comes out. This film comes out. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, people are going to be wanting memorabilia. These two crazy point. kids. It's coming back. There's going to be a Sheila E. Nasons. <laughs> And you can surf that, <laughs> surf that wave. <laughs> well, Sheila, if you're listening, and we know you are listening, uh, do get in touch. Yeah, please. His kids, his kids' education depends on you. <laughs> <laughs> the Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush. So... Email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. were. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.